Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, Join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. friends welcome to the helping friendly podcast this is the quick hit for night three of northerly island 2017 that's july 20 uh july 16th 2017 uh third night of the 2017 tour i am here with josh corin who is at josh corin on twitter hey josh how's it going i'm good man how are you i'm doing great thanks um thanks for uh joining us to share your thoughts on uh, night three of northerly island 
Um, I was wondering if we could start just because uh, I know you are a, uh, a Chicagoan, so I'm sure you've been to Northerly Island in the past, but if you can maybe just give your quick impressions about the venue and is there anything kind of new and interesting for anybody that might have been there before? Yeah, absolutely. So Northerly Island is actually a, is not actually an island. It, it's about a 90-acre plot of land that the city of Chicago manufactured. Actually, um, prior to Midway Airport opening, Northerly Island was planned. Northerly Island was actually known as Miggs Field at the time, and Northerly Island was the uh, was the original site of where the uh, was of where the Chicago Air of where the major Chicago International Airport was initially going to be prior to the uh, construction of on the south side of Midway, and then later on the north of uh, Midway Airport down south, and then uh, on the north side where we of course have O'Hare, which is a major international gateway. So. Um, initially, the uh, plan was to sort of have one major airport that was going to serve uh, international and domestic in the middle of the city, and that's kind of where Northerly Island actually is, if you look at the ma- a map of the city of Chicago. So it, it actually juts right out pretty much into Lake Michigan. So logistically, um, a- a- if anybody was there in 2013 and 14 when Fish's uh, prior three-night runs took, well, I guess t- 2013 was more like a two-and-a-half-night run, considering they made it uh, halfway through, <laughs> right. one, through, through, uh, through a show, and then got sort of rained out due to a really I mean Fish has played through some pretty serious weather but this was absolutely the right call in 2013 was to uh, to call the show and they did and then they came back and played three sets the net the next night but um so getting into Northern Island it's part of the museum campus here in Chicago so the Field Museum the uh, Adler Planetarium the Shedd Aquarium as well as Soldier Field and Northerly Island make up uh what is so Soldier Field will sound familiar probably for people for that's where uh the Chicago Fairly Well show shows took place um the venue itself is a bit of a walk um there's really no easy way in or easy way out um so you just kind of either have to uh buck up and find the closest parking space you can and 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 get ready to strap on your shoes and 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 hike in whatever you do take care of those shoes the other option as as uh, as with most northerly shows as well as with us soldier field shows always the pedicab route that one can go to but northerly islands are once you're in the venue offers beautiful views The, the the backdrop is the chicago skyline um Unfortunately, the first year uh, that Fish played, the backdrop is sort of similar to like the setup at the Gorge where you used to be able to see immediately behind the stage. You can't see immediately behind the stage anymore, which is kind of a bummer because they, they sort of put one of those like curtain things or tarps, uh, no, no pun intended, down the uh, d- down the b- behind the back, uh, the rear of the stage. So you can't see immediately through, it, which kind of cuts out a little bit of the view of this of the skyline, which is sort of was kind of Northerly's best feature. But it's uh, it's got great sound uh, on the floor. There's plenty of room to move around plenty of there there are also uh some some bleacher seating and uh relatively new to northerly island um in the which came about in in 2013 was the uh advent of the law of lawn seating at uh, at northerly which is interesting it's one of the more unique sort of lawn setups i've ever seen there's absolutely no grade to it whatsoever so if you're on the lawn it's you either going to be right up front uh or, or or else be prepared to watch a screen for a night but the uh the sound is quite good actually in the lawn um from folks i've, I've actually never seen a show from northerly's lawn i've always been fortunate enough to have a floor ticket but folks who have uh found themselves on the lawn have said the sound itself is excellent um but you know be prepared that you won't see much of anything in terms of the stage 
Yeah, Mike, who did our uh, quick hit last night, um, said the same thing, that he, he kind of went back to the lawn and couldn't really see anything, but that the sound was surprisingly good um, back here. Yeah, they've I- got speaker stacks everywhere. Um, they do a good job with the sound, and the screen is absolutely massive. So, I mean, you can see and you can see the show for sure, just as far as actually seeing the seeing the band themselves and seeing them on stage, seeing these and seeing it like again, with not looking at a TV screen or a video screen is you know pretty much next to impossible. Northerly runs very few shows a year where the lawn actually is utilized. I'm actually going to Northerly again this Friday for uh, for, for Umphreys McGee just because they were pretty much giving tickets away on the way out uh, last last night. They were like literally twenty bucks, um, so I figured you know what the hell for twenty bucks for a night, but um, uh, uh, for a Friday night's worth of entertainment. But the, for example, at the at Northerly on Friday this coming Friday for for Umphreys, there will be no lawn seating. It won't. It's not even available. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, cool. So, uh, and you were at all three nights, correct? I was. Okay. Excellent. Which I know with, uh, two young kids, I believe you have is pretty amazingly tough, right? Yeah, it's all, it's it's a bit of a uh, logistical, uh, as, as you uh, know, my friend, being a uh, be, being a dad yourself. Um, it is a uh, it, it's always interesting, um, you know. But we were able to secure babysitting for all three nights. We had a uh, our, our, our reliable tag team of our of our two main babysitters who help, who were able to help us out, which was great. Um, it definitely is a little different. It certainly adds another layer of, uh, of 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 expense to the uh, to, to to the to, to the occasion of uh, of seeing fish, which is always a special occasion. But you know, it definitely is. Uh, you know, you get to you get a little bit of a different impression when you realize that. Oh wow! In addition to the uh, fact that I'm paying for tickets and I'm paying for whatever means of transportation to get there, I'm also paying whatever it's going to cost for when I get home to the uh, to the babysitter for watching my kids for the evening and basically sitting on my couch <laughs> last night and watching the Game of Thrones premiere, which I'm sure she was pretty stoked about. So. Nice, nice. All right, so uh, so onto the music. What did you think about uh, last night? Just overall impressions. <laughs> Overall impressions, you know, I thought last night it was, you know, always, of course, of all, we all know the never miss a Sunday show adage. So, uh, you know, even despite my my advanced chronological standing and and the fact that I did have to get up and go to work at uh, at, 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 be, at be in the office at eight o'clock this morning, I, I definitely made sure that I was going to be at a uh, su- to, to be at Sunday show. Um, you know, pretty standard fare as far as the uh, as far as the first set was concerned. Um, you know, it seems that follow a pretty regular pattern of fish sort of using the first set uh to you know, get make sure that they're you know the sound is the way they want it. You know, not a lot of ex, not not a lot of experimentation. Pretty straightforward. Focusing on you know playing the songs well, um, except for Stash, which was kind of train wrecky last night. But that's all right. Um, you know, and then uh, usually uh, uh, once the lights go down and the uh, the lights the the lights uh, the the once the, once the sun goes down, I should say the uh, the, the lights in the venue and, and Corota obviously get significantly better. So the uh, the second set definitely came out swinging uh, with you know with, with the 21 plus minute Carini, which you know, had all sorts of interesting elements to it from the from, from really dark, evil minor key jamming that you think of traditionally as, you know, good comparison is you know, a lot of the jamming that you said that you think of associated with Carini from December 30th, 2012, for example, sort of started out the jam for, uh, for Carini, which was definitely the highlight of the show last night. And then, um, you know, and, and uh, as is fairly typical for a lot of the way fish seems to jam nowadays, they move into more of the sort of major key uplifting blissful type section as the uh, as the gym sort of moved towards its latter stages and conclusion that um, as as many jams do these days it sort of faded out into the ambience and the next uh, ne- next track took over 
Yeah, I thought the um, the it was interesting comparing the the Carini from last night to the Simple uh, from the night before, which Simple was a lot more um, adventurous. They were finding a lot of new territory, kind of pivoting and going into um, different sounding sections over the course of the the twenty eight minutes or so. Whereas I felt like the Carini last night, it it kind of found its spot in that blissed out, like you said, major major key groove and just kind of worked it uh, for a while. And not that not that it was any less amazing. Well, I, I would personally probably say that the simple was better, but um, just a different type of jam and, and really good in its very own different. right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, to very um, apples and oranges and, and, and plenty of people have asked me, you know, which did you enjoy more? You know, did, what, what did you like better? Did you, I mean, simple and Carini happen to be two of my favorite songs in the fish catalog. So to hear both of them jammed out as they, as they were this weekend was, was definitely fun. And, and certainly, you know, the highlight to the two biggest highlights of the weekend for me, but you know, apples and oranges in terms of like how, how the jam was the, the 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 jams were structured. I think you know simple certainly had the, the simple jam. Not to focus too much on on Saturday night because I know we're talking Sunday, but the simple jam you know had many places where it seemed like you know ordinarily what I think was really the most different about about the jam and simple was it, there were a lot of places where especially in, in, in the current era we probably would have expected to see Trey Bale or pull the rip cord or whatever you want to call it or you know go any number of different directions and and start up the next song as he often does when it seems like they get a little bit you know, nobody's really sure who wants to take the lead here. What's going to happen next? Where do we go? That generally leads to like Trey pulling the ripcord in the in the current era. Whereas, you know, what was what I liked a lot about the Simple Jam is that it, you know, in addition to the fact that it was like it was right there with Timber. I mean, everybody thought that's what was coming. If you listen right around 13, 14 minutes of that song, you know, it's just a question of when are they going to drop into it. But, you know, they they, they sort of hard passed and and, and, went, and went you know right right back after it for another 15 20 minutes so which was great um you know and really really cool to see um and really cool to hear um as well but you know the carini jam sort of just kind of once it got started was just sort of kept just you know the train kept rolling there was no real sort of time where the jam kind of fizzled out or anything or you were unsure of like you know where are they going to go next what i thought was really powerful about carini's jam last night is by the time it, it came to a natural conclusion there wasn't you know any, it didn't seem like anything was you know pulling the ripcord or anybody was sort of cutting one another off or you know mike was in a hurry to start the next song or or, or Paige wanted to play something else you know everybody seemed to be pretty okay with you know the decision of okay you know now we, we we've taken this as far as we can go and that's pretty damn far so you know what what comes next yeah that that really stood out to me because i i always feel like one of the differentiators when you look at um the start of the tour versus the end of the tour where they're a little bit more comfortable is that they do by the end of the tour hit those spots where it's they have an exit point but they keep going and that's usually when you wind up they, they create something completely unique and that's what you saw in the in the simple and you definitely saw that in the carini the way that they push through those um those major jams um so so after that we've got the 20 years later and then we kind of round out with the the um pretty pretty quick hit piper but into a new song thread um what did you think of thread i you know i, I 
there were there was a lot of, uh, of of new music played this weekend, and you know somebody who I, I enjoy the new tunes. Listen, every song was new once, so you know we all you know we can we, people moan and groan about new. You know you can hear you know you see people head for the bathroom when a new song starts. Like listen, you know what? Karini was new once. Ghost was new right. too, and you know the uh, Tweezer was new at one point. Everything was was new at one point. So you know, I never really got the people who like head for the bathroom or head for the beer stand immediately when a new song starts. It's like you don't even know if you like it or not hmm. i thought thread has thread has potential it definitely needs some work i don't know that as it the, the, that that the sort of current iteration of it as we as we know those of us who have followed fish for a while songs evolve over time you, know, you think about a twist in its original beginning and how it begins today and ghost in its original beginning and how it starts today so songs evolve and tape shape take shape over time and, and trace screws around with the intro a little bit decides he wants to change it this way or they're going to play it in a different time signature whatever it might be so i think thread probably has potential i i think they were sort of unsure of what to do with it last night and also I think I, the song was a little weird in that spot too. I'm not sure that where they decided to play it was the best choice to debut a song only because you're sort of right in the, I guess if you want to break the show up into like, you know, first quarter, second quarter, et cetera, you're kind of like right at the end of the third quarter. They're just about to start the, you know, the fourth and final quarter heading down the home stretch. And, you know, the momentum is theoretically with you at that point. And do you want to, you know, start a new song that no one in the audience is going to know. And therefore nobody's going to be able to sing along and have a hard time figuring out how to dance to it and all that stuff. So everything's right. For example, I'm not generally a fan of the uh, of the tab material that makes it to the big leagues. Um, you know, sand first two, couple of exceptions, obviously. But you know, generally speaking, for uh, over the years, I've not been the hugest fan of the uh, of Trey Band material that makes it to the, the that makes it to the fifth stage. But um, you know, everything's right. Seemed to work really well for them, and seemed to work really well in the spot that they played it. That to me probably would have been a better choice for where to play Thread last night. But overall, I mean, I think the song's got some potential. I think they kind of need to take it to the practice room and figure out what exactly they want to do with it. Is it going to be a jam vehicle? Is it going to be one of those songs that, you know, you just play it straight through and, you know, we play it in the first set and that's it. Or is it going to be something that they can stretch out? You know, we we've seen them stretch out pretty much everything. I never thought I'd hear them play a 15 minute version of the wedge. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's thread almost, um, it was kind of the same thing with leaves the first night where that like they, they started off the fourth quarter, as you said, like, by playing this new song that people were a little unsure of, and um, Thread's strange. It's got a it's got a, a weird time signature um, that uh, even I, I I couldn't even figure it out because it's uh, there's there's it's very very close to a four four, but it's like they removed a sixteenth note or something like that. I don't even have, know how yeah, you count I, that. I, you know I'm what not I mean? nearly as uh, you know as, as as sonically gifted or have as much theory you know training in theory or any of the or, or, as as I know you do and any of those things. And, and yeah, but I mean, I haven't played played music myself in, in in years. But even 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 I was able to know the other timing. The time signature was a was a, was a little different than a traditional tune um, as I heard it last night. I also you know that seemed to be the one place where in addition to having a tough time with some of the, uh, with, 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 with some of the lyrics, uh, but that was sort of the one place where I thought, you know, 
fish seemed a little bit unsure as obviously the rhythm section along with Mike, you know, he seemed a little bit unsure of like, you know, what time signature did they want to play the song in? And was it written in the time signature in which it was played? Has it been rehearsed that way? It was a little, I mean, you could clearly tell it was a debut and it was, and it was like, okay, you know, have they, did they practice it differently or is it, you know, is, is this how it's intended to sound? So, yeah. So the, the other thing that I was laughing about was, um, I don't know if you saw any scared faces, but they have that part where they keep saying, you know, you're alone, you're alone. And I was laughing, listening to it on the stream last night thinking, you know, somebody in the wrong frame of mind right now might be freaking out a little bit at this strange new song where they're <laughs> so going, funny, you're I mean, alone. There, there was definitely more than their fair share of, 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 of people who were certainly, you know, uh, as the, as the saying goes, looking out over the, uh, o- o- over the course of the weekend. And certainly, um, you know, that was, that was a place where, you know, I think a, to, to your point, more, more than a few people probably, uh, you know, depending upon what was, uh, what, what was coursing through their veins and, or, 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 or through their brains at that particular point might've, uh, might have been a good time. If you were going to look out, that was probably the time that it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they round up the, the show with, uh, gin 2001 cavern Wilson character zero, um, relatively hot gin, but probably nothing else of, of note in the show. Just kind of a nice wind down. You know, I mean, played at that point, it was going to be, you know, I think at that, at that stage of the game, the, uh, you know, we, we were pretty much done with, with, with any major improv for the evening. And, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, for the last, half hour 40 minutes of a, 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 a of a standard pretty standard rock show i mean you know the the songs were pretty well played cavern you know trey didn't forget the lyrics to cavern which is always a good thing um you know no auto you know through the composed section of bathtub gin without any major you know glaring flubs that i could hear and i'm pretty critical uh and and tend to notice them like stash was a complete train wreck last night and couldn't get the composed section right which i have a really hard time understanding because they played that song 300 plus times but um you know uh, uh, um, you know, Cavern, Bathtub, Gin, Wilson, Character Zero, typical, you know, uh, arena rock encore, no surprise. Um, you know, but, you know, again, it's important that they get the composed you know, One of the things that in, in the years of, of seeing Fishes, I'm sure that, you know, ha- has registered for you as well is – a good, usually a very good sign in terms of the improvisation that will that will or won't come that evening is getting the composed music correct. So right, right, right. So I guess so. You know, if you look at the three nights, um, and particularly as a three night stand to start out the the tour, um, what are your general thoughts on uh, kind of where Fish is I, at? I've really walked out. Um, you know, really pleased with it, with, with with the overall sort of take on the entirety of the three nights. I mean, I, I thought they were. You know, especially for uh, for a tour opening run, and, and, and given the quote unquote structure of how this tour is going to work, where there's so much of it taking place at one particular venue, which you know hopefully I'll get a chance to see you at. Um, but um, but but it was you know for a tour opening run, I was you know I thought it was I thought I thought Friday night had certainly had highlights and was was quite good and the new material that was debuted on friday night i thought you know fit really well into the set list where it was placed and how it was played saturday night i mean you had an all-time jam so i don't know that anybody's going to complain about that and if you are complaining about saturday night show and you know i i I'm always leery of Saturday night shows because I've seen my fans, as I, as I know many of us have, I, I've seen my fair share of Saturday night specials where, you know, it's the weekend warrior crowd and we're going to play to that crowd, but they certainly didn't uh, seem to at least this past Saturday. So I thought, you know, Saturday was an, it was a really strong show. Sunday had, you know, certainly uh, had, 
really a, a really high highlight in the in in the Carini that was played, and you know maybe not a whole lot else that's going to be remembered or listened to again or anything to write home about. But you know, he walked out. I, I walked out pleased with all you know with, with, with the weekend in terms of the music that I heard, in terms of the you know the in, in terms of how the venue staff admitted you know ran that they, they're much better prepared this year than they have been in years past, which was good. You know they had plenty of uh, they had plenty of vending, plenty of bathrooms. Which was which had been a complaint in the past. There were not. I remember the in 2013, the year of the monsoon. It was tough to find a place to go pee if you had to do that. So that was um. You know, it was definitely good to see them respond to the feedback that they had, that that Live Nation had received in terms of making northerly accessible, especially for, um, especially for the fish audience. So you know, I, I had a great. You know, this was by far. I've been to every northerly run that that fish has done. This was hands down, in my opinion, the best that they've had. And you know, I. I was pleased with the uh, it w- w- was pleased with the music. I was pleased with the venue. I was pleased with uh, pretty much you know the, the new the new rig is cool. For those of you who haven't had a chance to see it yet, you'll you'll get a you know you get an opportunity hopefully if you're watching the free couch tour tomorrow night. But um, we we were pretty uh, each night we're about 15 feet from Kurota, so he was it was clear that he was uh enjoying his latest toy and, and getting get and getting uh, familiar with it and you know seemed to really uh like what it was doing for him and seems it, it seems like a much more natural fit for them than the led panels ever did i didn't hate the leds i liked them a lot more in person than i did over the over webcast or something or, or, or anything but you know i think the 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 current sort of iteration of the rig it, it, it is among the coolest i've seen since they've come back in 2009 i do still miss the circles above the band but i don't think those are coming back anytime soon yeah you know it's i'm glad you mentioned the lights because um i'm a big 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 chris Kuroda fan and um i thought that you know, last year I tried to be patient with the LED walls because um, I usually find, particularly when he makes a major change to the lighting rig, that it takes him close to a year to really l- figure out how to take full advantage of it and some of the things that yeah. he wants. Because I think there's a combination of just what it looks like in the room. You come up with the new ideas and, and just the practicality of it taking so long to program uh, all the lights. Um, but yeah, he, it seems like from what I've read, too, that, that, that the setup of that rig was incredibly tight. Time-consuming and, 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 and difficult, and there were time, and, and it had whether you noticed them or not. Like a, a pair, I, I read an interview with Chris that you know that 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 the that the screens had given you know, had, had given a, a lot of problems. Even just the writing the software for that that he uses. If you see, he's his whole setup is you know really state-of-the-art board, and he's got touchscreens. And I guess writing software for the, uh, the to, to to work with the LEDs last year was not easy, and there was a lot, uh, and, and it was buggy. He had said, and there were times where it just didn't. Didn't do what he expected it or thought it was going to do when he, you know, it gave it a, when it, when, it, when he gave it a certain series of commands. It was just like, oh, I didn't expect it was going to do that, but you know, I mean, nobody else knows because he's quote unquote playing the lights. So, yeah, um, you know, but uh, uh, he seemed pretty pleased with you know the. The, the way the rig can move around, um, the, the the shapes that it can work in, that that, that it can be uh, constructed into, it's it, it's cool to see actually. What what was one of the things I liked the most is when he would uh, kind of lower it down, and 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 it would give you, and it would be really just you know, if you look at like where fish is and how he's positioned on, on the riser, it was like literally he could probably stand up and bump his head on the on the lights. That's how close to the uh, to, to to the band the uh, when, when it descends the new the new rig is, and when you get a chance, when everybody gets a chance. 
to see it live, you'll see it's really right there. And it really does. You get a chance to see it. There was very few moments where you felt like it was. This was one of the things that was my sort of chief challenge with the LEDs. As much as cool as they were, as neat as they might have been, there were definitely times where I felt like it was dark on stage and you might have a hard time sort of seeing the band and seeing what they were doing, which sometimes is by design. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, this rig and, the, and, and this current setup, the way that the way that Chris has that, it seems like, you know, it's it's really easy to see sort of what the band's doing. You can kind of, you know, see what Trey's hands are doing and, you know, watch his, you know, as, as his feet move across the pedals and what's he figuring out and, you know, and the communication with the which is so essential to what they do. I, it seems like under this current setup, they, they're able to communicate a little bit better and kind of can see what's going on with one another. And, and um, you know, even on songs that were played pretty straightforward and almost entirely composed like you know you got a, you could see you know good interplay and good communication which as silly as it might be i feel like the lights have a lot to do with that and just their ability to see and communicate with one another so yeah it's it seems it seems a lot more kind of fishy and i know that his concern last year was that there's all these lighting directors that are sort of you know kind of i don't want to say copying but but have learned from him no, and his he, style I mean, he, right? he's sort of like the gold standard i mean you look at like guys who you know who, who sort of model their setup after what you know, how many people want to hire chris and model their setup after what he does and and how many yeah and, that, and you know that's something that he's always cognizant of and and, and conscious of so you know i think you know the, to your point you know the leds was sort of his uh uh, you know, I want to be on the cutting edge and, you know, let's see how this goes. We'll give it a shot this year. But I think he sort of went back to what's, um, you know, what he's not so much that he doesn't you know what he what he knows or doesn't know, but just you know what he feels fits the. I mean, I'm certain that I mean you know uh, uh, contrary to what people might uh, people who might think they have like you know have Trey on speed dial, I, I certainly don't. I, I'm certain that you know at this stage of the game, you know the band has told him like do do whatever the hell you want with the lights. We don't freaking care. Like yeah. just make sure they look cool. So yeah. um, and, you know I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you know at this at this stage of the game, he pretty much has unlimited freedom to you know set up set up his rig exactly how he wants it to and you know they just and he he, he just tells uh you know beth and julia where to cut the checks so. yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah but it's 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 this seems like a, a little bit more of a i think of a close fit for them so i'm excited yeah, to see it in this, person this is my, it, it seems much more like them whereas the leds you know i feel like you you would walk into not not that I, not that I haven't enjoyed myself at their shows either, but I, I would expect the LEDs if I walked in at like U2, whereas right, I would certainly right. expect them a lot less at a band like Fish. Right, right. Excellent. All right, well, we're going to leave the listeners um, with some music from last night. Um, what do you think we should go with? Got to go with Karini, man. Okay. I mean, I don't know how it, 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 it's not uh, it, 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 it's it's not to be missed. It was the was the hands down the highlight of last night. I think, you know, that there's any number of sections you can sort of carve out of the jam that will uh, you know, give people uh, a, 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 an, an auditory treat as, as well as, um, you know, I'm certain that if and when Fish releases an official video from that show, it will be of, of the Karini and, and hopefully you'll be able to get a chance to uh, people will get a chance to check that out and see the visual and see the lights and see See how it uh, all starts to to work together, but you know that's a uh, it, it, it it was definitely a uh, it was definitely a Karina to remember. I've heard a lot of good ones. I think I've probably looked at my stats. I've I, I've seen that song live like seventeen or eighteen times, so I've I've heard it a bunch. I I, I don't ever tire of it. I, I and it, especially since they've uh, in in this current era, Karini for me has been one of the songs that they've actually really probably done the best job with. So 
Excellent. All right. Well, so we'll uh, we'll leave here with the Karini Jam today. Um, Josh, thanks for joining. Appreciate you giving us some time to to give us uh, a rundown on the show. All right, brother. Well, it's good to chat with you. Uh, enjoy enjoy your Baker shows. If I don't get a chance to talk to you before then, and hopefully we'll catch one together again soon. Absolutely. And uh, so we will uh, catch everybody um, later this week with uh, some quick hits on Dayton and Pittsburgh before heading to New York. So thanks, everybody. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. 